Good morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God and uh, welcome to a very interesting day, a very interesting week. Uh, now, those of you who have joined in with us live for our live worship service, we are two days uh, before our election. If you're watching online on Facebook or on our YouTube channel, very likely you'll be watching this after the election. So we're either shortly before or shortly after the election. And uh, we know that this has dominated the uh, space, dominated the airwaves, dominated the uh, uh, newspapers and magazines and websites and and so many things have taken place to impact and influence us some unprecedented campaigns unprecedented election that will be taking place here in a couple of days and much like about every four years or so you see about half of the country who goes for one side and about half of the country who goes for the other side and half seems to be excited with whatever the results will be and half seem to be upset no matter whatever the results may be but we're going to be taking a look this morning i've titled it Election directions. So we're going to give some insights here, some biblical insights from the Word of God on uh, whether we're leading up to, which for those of you who are joined in with us live today, uh, some things to be thinking about and keeping in our hearts and minds as we lead up to and following the election. And if you're watching online, depending on when you see this, it might be after the election or after the result or who knows what might take place afterwards if we know immediately that night of or night after. And so we're going to just kind of look at some biblical directions. But before we get into that, let me, let me just share a handful of some personal thoughts. So these, these will not be up on the screen. Uh, these will just be a handful of some personal thoughts as it relates to uh, maybe some instructions for us in these last several days before the election. So first of all, let me encourage each of us to listen. Let, let us try to do a little bit better job of listening one to another. How many of you know there's a whole lot of viewpoints that are out there? And we do very, very well in our culture at speaking, but not as well in listening. James had something to say about this, right? About being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And, and we're very good at kind of reversing those things. So I would encourage us as difficult as it might be at times, to try to be a little bit better listener, even of others who maybe don't have some of those same political viewpoints or thoughts. Listening to one another, but most importantly, that we're listening to God. As we listen and then secondly learn, we need to learn what God's Word has to say about topics and issues. Because as we lead into an election, and certainly these take place, uh, our general elections every four years, other things and other issues every year, every two years, we've got to listen and we've got to learn to dig into what does God's Word have to say about topics and issues. Because elections are based on policies and based on platforms. If you've not done so, I want to encourage you to read. Uh, it's there's a number of different ways. In fact, I've got different resources that I could put into your hands if you'd like. But ways to take a look at both major party platforms to see what they stand on. I'm standing on a platform. Some might call this a stage. Some might call this a platform. But it's something that I stand on. 
Otherwise, I'd be on the floor. That's pretty simple, right? So when it comes to a platform, when we take a look at our major party platforms, what they have put out, what they have crafted, what they have written, uh, and it's, it's pages and pages, and there are a number of uh, places who will take and, and sort through and sift through all of that, and then put a little bit of a comparison guide. Here are the topics, here are the issues, and then here's the platform. Here's what these major parties stand for on either side. Republican, Democrat, Democrat, Republican. And so we've got to listen and we've got to learn. And as we take a look at these, let's dig into God's Word to see what does God's Word have to say about many of these different issues. Because God's Word has a lot to say, certainly, about the sanctity of marriage, about the sanctity of life, about protection of individuals, about um, taking a look at standing on the side of Israel. Topic after topic after topic, we can look into the Word of God. So we've got to be ready to listen a little better, learn to see what God's Word has to say, read and study. Third, let's pray. Once we have done some listening, and, and sometimes it's, it's challenging. I've gone out of my way to try to uh, read some things from people that I maybe don't normally agree with, but I want to see what are they, what are they writing about or listen to some of those viewpoints. But get into God's Word by reading and seeing what does God's Word have to say about our topics and issues and how best can we line up to that when it comes to our platforms that I'm going to pray and then, fourthly, vote. Exercise that opportunity. Exercise that value of voting. We have that opportunity of allowing the voice to be heard by voting and trying to vote God. How can I, with my vote... Try to line up as best as possible with your word. So personal thoughts, personal instructions for us that we listen, learn, pray, and vote. But we get into the word of God today. And firstly, as we take a look at God's word, some biblical principles for uh, the election, well, we'll come back to that word, pray. First, I would encourage us to pray humbly. Here's what 1 Timothy chapter 2 Verses 1 through 4 says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Prayer is important, not just during an election, not just in the couple of days before an election or the handful of days immediately following an election, but prayer, period, is important. But how we pray, the encouragement is praying humbly. As we pray, we've got to understand not every single individual that we vote for over our lifetime will win. The Word of God doesn't say to pray for those that you're voting for. It says to pray. Certainly praying for leaders and praying for those who are in authority over you. In the midst of an election, before an election, after an election, no matter which way the election turns, the leaders are to be prayed for. 
Now here's what Abraham Lincoln, uh, president of years gone by, he described his need for divine guidance. He said this, I have been driven many times to buy my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom seemed insufficient for the day. And in, in light of all the issues that we face, and, and seemingly every election tends to get more and more involved and important, we say, God, we need your wisdom, we need your oversight, we need your guidance, and we must be praying about and praying for certainly our election, praying for our leaders, praying for those who are in authority over us. And Paul writes, he talks about petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving. Different kinds, different types of our prayer time and prayer life. Intercession is praying on behalf of other individuals. And, and we do that many times in our church services where we'll pray for needs and we'll pray for requests and we pray for one another. But as well, and it can be a, a challenging thing in the midst of an election season, but are we praying about our nation? Are we praying about our leaders and potential leaders? Another familiar verse of Scripture is from 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I've, I've preached on this entire verse. We'll, we'll touch on it just a little bit. But many times we want the ending part of that verse without being as willing to invest in the first part of the verse. What we say is, God, we want forgiveness and we want healing. We want the best of things possible. But are we willing to do the first parts that the Scripture encourages? If my people who are called by my name will do what? Humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Those are a number of things that we are called to do as the people of God to pray, but to pray humbly, to seek God's face and to turn from our wicked ways, praying and trusting for God's hand to then rest upon, to heal the land, to come in, to lead and to guide us. And in this process, certainly praying about and believing God's hand to rest upon this election. Election direction number one is to pray humbly. After all of those things, we pray we seek, we trust, and then believe God to forgive and to heal the land. So we pray humbly. Secondly, I want to encourage us to obey faithfully. Romans 13.1 says this, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So we are to obey faithfully, understanding that all authority ultimately comes from God. Now, does that mean that the leaders in, in authority over us in every aspect of politics or life will always get it correct? Are they perfect? Certainly not. Just like you and I, every single one of us are sinners, 
But we are called to pray for, we are called to lift up those who are in leadership, and we are called to faithfully obey. We might not always understand everything, and certainly we're in the midst of COVID. We've had situations where we've gone online. We've got uh, masks, and we've got things, or we've been kind of limited or restricted, and we're, we're trying to do as much as we can to obey faithfully and yet seek and honor God. When it comes to those in leadership over us, we are to obey faithfully as long as there's no conflict that what they say would conflict with the Word of God. And that's the challenge. Because, you know, when it comes to, you know, little ones, little ones kind of want their own way at times. But many of us as big ones or adults, we want what we want, when we want it, how we want. And so many times it's difficult to obey someone else because we want it done our way. And so the the challenge here is as we pray, as we humble ourselves, secondly, that we are obeying faithfully and making sure it's, it's not going against what God's word has to say. Now, in Paul's day, the leader was Nero, pagan who was ruthlessly persecuting the church. Tradition would hold, biblical tradition, that he was... Uh, Paul perhaps beheaded in Rome under Nero's reign. And yet in the midst of that, Paul's writing that we're to honor and be subject to our leaders. To faithfully honor and obey those placed in leadership over us. Again, as long as they are not conflicting with God and his word. So there are individuals from the local level to the state level to the national level to the world level, and we might not always agree with individuals and uh, people and policies and plans. Are we able to do our very best to honor and to obey those that have been put into leadership over us? Sometimes we get, uh, maybe we get shocked as individuals uh, make decisions that don't seem to honor God. And we're shocked at how someone who doesn't honor or serve God makes a decision that doesn't honor or serve God. So let's pray. Let us pray and believe that God would open our leaders and our leadership up to the things of God, making decisions that would align with the plan of God and the word of God. So a handful so far of some uh, election directions, pray humbly, obey faithfully, Number three, focus on God consistently. Here's what Matthew 28, 19, and 20 says, a a familiar uh, passage of Scripture once again. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of of the age. Focus on God consistently. What has he called us to do? He's called us to make disciples, to make disciples of who or whom? Of him, of Jesus Christ. Now certainly there are major parties, there are differences in the parties, but if we're not careful, we can spend a lot of time trying to make converts to a party rather than reaching people for Jesus Christ. So let us focus on God 
consistently and make sure, certainly in our voting, make sure in our policies, in our procedures, in the, the ways that we interact, we are doing so with the focus on God, not on self. We focus on God more so than all those who are around us. We focus on God more so than the elections that are taking place. God is sovereign. God is in control. There's nothing that's taking him by surprise. Although 2020 has taken a lot of us by surprise. We see all kinds of thoughts and, and memes and, and all kinds of indications of what 2020 looks like. And it's a hodgepodge of different things, right? It, it, it's been a weird year. In spite of all that, the good news is that God is still in control. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that nothing about this year has taken God by surprise? A lot of things, no doubt, have taken us by surprise. But nothing has taken God by surprise. We are still called to honor Him. We're still called to serve Him. We are still called to focus on Him. He said to, to go and to make disciples. But nothing's changed. Now, how we do that might look a little different. And uh, again, thanks for your flexibility and how things have looked like uh, throughout 2020 here. We've, we've had some online-only services, some online-only uh, discipleship, and now we're, we're trying to do a little bit of a hybrid, still continuing the online services for those who are not here or not able to be here. Still continuing then our uh, in-person services and adding in our discipleships and Bible study and prayer times. So how that looks might be a little different than at the beginning of the year or last year or the year before. But we're still called to do what? To go and to make disciples. And that shouldn't change no matter what the outcome of this election will be. Focus on God and focus on Him consistently. I love the, the, the last verse there in verse 20. It says, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And then he gives this great promise. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Aren't you thankful for that encouragement? That you are not alone. Uh, we just passed uh, the end of October, kind of uh, uh, many spooky and scary things, as people would emphasize for Halloween and other items. How many of you enjoy being scared? Not a lot of people. We, we tend to like to know that somebody's with us, and, and even in some of these uh, scary places, uh, some of the, uh, the houses or whatnot that's, that's geared towards fear, the encouragement is people tend to go with somebody. Most people tend to not go by themselves to the scary places. But we tend to be comforted when somebody is with us. And no doubt if you've faced some difficult challenges in your life, you face some hardships in your family, in your health, in your finances, uh, in your relationships, you've been comforted if you've had a spouse, if you've had a, a family member, if you've had a, a loved one, somebody who has walked with you in the midst of those challenges. The good news is we've got Jesus Christ with us every single day. He's promised us that I am with you always to the very end of the age. He didn't say, I'm only with you if the election turns one way or another. He says, I'm with you always. 
We can be assured, no matter which way the election heads, God and His presence are going to be with us. We can focus on God consistently as we obey faithfully and pray humbly. Finally, a a fourth thought or election direction might be this, to live godly. Titus chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. Let's stop right there. Ready to do whatever is good. Uh, back in the day, and uh, it's been a little while since we've had our, our quote, uh, Royal Rangers ministry, but the, the motto was ready, ready for anything. Ready to work, play, serve, obey, worship, live, etc. The goal is living ready. And this scripture says that we are to be obedient and to be ready. But ready to do what? Ready to do whatever is good. Not, not what's good in our own eyes, because as we've seen in our culture, in our society, much of what's determined to be good has changed year after year. And it's gone against what God's word has to say. But the encouragement here is to be ready to do whatever is good in in accordance with God's word. Verse 2, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, always to be gentle toward everyone. Those are some great encouragements that we ought to do. Being peaceful, being considerate, and gentle Toward everyone. Those might not necessarily be the adjectives that we would use to describe our election season or our leading up to election season, but that's what we've been encouraged to do from the Word of God. How are we to live? Peaceful, considerate, gentle, ready to do what is good. Our flesh doesn't always like what's good because what's bad many times feels good. To the flesh. Just like uh, we often know what's, what's good for us to eat isn't always what tastes the best. Can I get an amen on that? There we go. What's good doesn't always feel the best. Sometimes we, we kind of like to let that inner bad side come out and, and, you know, eat a bunch of junk food that's not really good for us. Oh, it feels good. Same way with how we act and how we live. Sometimes living peaceable, considerate, and gentle, when we see others not living like that, the encouragement or the the fleshly part of us says, well, I want want to act bad too. He is, she is, so let me just respond and live bad. And then what happens? What happens? Someone else sees our badness and says, well, he is or she is, so I will too. And it's a continual process of building up in our badness rather than in our goodness. How are we to live? Live a godly life. It it encourages us to do what's good. Don't let the flesh win out in uh, in our reactions, in our response. It says to slander no one. It can be very easy to tear somebody down for what they believe. And we see that. 
If you post about a, a political party, you will get hit one side or the other. It really doesn't matter which side you post. And we know even in the church, there, there's a lot of difference of opinion when it comes to politics. But you post about one side and you'll get hammered. Post about the other side, you'll get hammered, right? And so we're really good at hammering. We're really good at slandering. We're really good at tearing people down. We're not quite as good at the, the peaceable and listening and interacting and trying to understand maybe one another's point of view. But it says to slander no one, to be peaceful and considerate. It's a very challenging process, particularly in this culture and in this election, to try to be peaceful and considerate. But we are called to do that, called to do what will bring unity rather than division. And Titus 3 says to be gentle toward everyone. Again, that can be a challenging thing when if you try to live gently and the response to you is the opposite, it makes it very difficult to continue to be peaceful. It makes it difficult to continue to be considerate and gentle. But the encouragement here is to live a godly, Christ-honoring life. Many times we're so focused on making sure we're on the right side. I want to encourage us all, the right side is God's side. And again, back to... Abraham Lincoln, uh, there's a story about him. Legend says that a number of members of clergy visited him at the White House to assure him that fighting and winning the Civil War was God's will. President Lincoln is said to have answered this way, My concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. And part of our living godly is, is making sure that we're on God's side. God, I, I want to honor you. I want to serve you. I want to live a godly life and being on your side. How we, how we live and react and act to those who are around us leading up to our election, in light of our election and even in the days uh, after our election, will show a lot about the godly life that hopefully will live inside of us. handful of election directions. And we're going to be having, a, again, a, a time of response, a time of worship, and a time of prayer. We're going to spend some time praying about our election today. But what, what would be some biblical principles for us? God's Word encourages us to pray humbly. God's Word encourages us to obey faithfully. God's Word encourages us to focus on God consistently, and God's Word encourages us to live godly.